Hello, this is John Walsh, author of Doctor Who and the Daleks, the official story of the films. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the insane world of Doctor Who collecting, all those who collect in all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise, and sometimes just old, plain, old-fashioned Doctor Who talk. Uh, we love talking about Doctor Who. It's a great thing to do. Uh, brought to you in part by Forbidden Planet and Bags Unlimited Incorporated. For all your protection needs, you can contact bagsunlimited.com uh, and uh, find everything you need to protect your media. All right. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host. I've been a Doctor Who collector now for 42 years. And welcome to our 61st episode. Uh, we're celebrating 60 years of Doctor Who this year, and now uh, what a ride it's been. Um, of course, I opened up one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans. I called it Bundles from Britain, based on uh, something I read in a, ma a magazine called Fantasy Empire. And so uh, I never thought it would go anywhere. Um, until a man pulled me aside one day after a, a fan club meeting and said, hey, I think you got something here and I want to be part of it. Uh, that man, of course, was Mr. Gene Smith, the CEO of Alien Entertainment and the showrunner of Chicago TARDIS today. But that's where we started back in 1984. Uh, Bundles from Britain uh, lasted till about 1989. I sold my share to Mr. Smith, and of course he took it and ran with it. Um, I, of course, went off and did other things, but I eventually came back. Uh, I thought it was gone. I thought it was forgotten. And then I picked up a book called Red, White, and Who, The Story of Doctor Who in America, and found it in the index, which about floored me. Uh, page 384, it's just a small mention, but part of Doctor Who history. I couldn't believe it. I was 15 in my parents' house, and I came up with this this thing, and it's sitting in a book now. That's something else. Uh, you can buy this wonderful book uh, by a link that's on the front page of our website. That's DoctorWhoCollectors.com. It's an Amazon link. There's no affiliate with them or anything like that. We're not trying to get money out of you. Just get the book. It's a wonderful book. My copy is signed by most of the authors um, of the book. They're all good friends of mine. They're all wonderful people. They did a lot of research on, on this book. Some of them I've even interacted with in the past. It's really quite something. Uh, we are part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network. Uh, you can find some great Doctor Who podcasts at directionpoint.org. And if you happen to be listening and you host a Doctor Who podcast, you've got to be part of Direction Point because no other Doctor Who podcast network helps you increase your audience like Direction Point. And uh, that's something that I put out there as much as possible. Try to get as many people involved as, as we can. And the network is growing slowly. And so we want to get more podcasts on board. 
Uh, you can join the ranks of great podcasts such as Time Streams. I love Time Streams. I was recently on an episode of Police Box in the Junkyard. Uh, and of course, uh, I'm a big fan and friend of the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast. Uh, Glenn and Traveling the Vortex, great listening. And they're in, they're in that, uh, that, that range there. So for more information, directionpoint.org. And every episode, I mentioned two incredible links that you need to have as a collector. Uh, the first is timelash.com, and when you land on that page there, select the TARDIS library. Set up a free account, no cost, no obligation, to keep track of your vinyl, your CDs, your Betamax, your coloring books, any media. Uh, can be kept track on Timelash for free. You can set up want lists. You can say what you have, what you want. He has Amazon links to things that are for sale and some and an eBay search engine built right into the website. Thank you, Mr. Dan O'Malley, for keeping that free with the help of you know minor advertising on the bottom of the page, but never interfering with your website interaction. Uh, if you need to do some serious Doctor Who item research, then the place to go is House Transcendental Toy Box at DrWhoToyBox.co.uk. And by how, I mean, of course, David J. Howe. What a wonderful guy. Uh, great friend, great resource. Uh, he has helped out many times when I've had questions about an item at a convention. I'll shoot him a message, and usually within a day, he gets back to me with an answer. So there you go. And of course, if you're always looking for Doctor Who items at great prices, Look no further than DoctorWhoStore.com. Alien Entertainment has what you need, and it's in the name. Of course, if you uh, live in the Chicago area uh, or the west suburbs, of course, you can select free pickup from the Lombard location, uh, which is a really convenient way to save on those shipping costs. Of course, if you do have it shipped, you can choose mail, and it's really not expensive. They're very good at that. And while you're at the store, of course, browse their incredible selection of Doctor Who and other science fiction items. For uh, store hours and locations, visit AlienEntertainment.com. You can also find some more Doctor Who items at Forbidden Planet, but you don't need to go anywhere. You just need to go to DoctorWhoCollectors.com, select Merchandise Links, and browse Forbidden Planet's complete collection of Doctor Who items right there. If you buy through our website, we get a small portion of their sale. You don't pay any more. Uh, you still do your checkout at Forbidden Planet, all that. Uh, they'll ship it to you, and they'll take great care in doing that. They're wonderful people. And we get a short uh, commission on that sale, and that helps keep the lights on. So there you go. Also, don't forget, we've got our own eBay store. The eBay store has a 100% uh, positive rating. We've got some hardcover books for sale that came into the collection that uh, are extras. We've got a lot of Target books up there. We've got some other miscellaneous items that we're, you know, we're trying to get through. And, any, of course, those sales, of course, help us keep uh, the microphones running. There you go. All benefit, all proceeds benefit the podcast. So while you're on our website, of course, in addition to every episode we've recorded, all 61 episodes at this, at this recording are there. We have the complete guide to Doctor Who classic hardcover books, those books by W.H. Allen, Ellen Wingate, or Longbow, going back to 1974, all the way to 1988. And, um, we'll, uh, guide you through those and let you know what they're worth, what the ISBN number was, um, what the logo was used, if it was reprinted or not, important stuff you know was you know who wrote this one who did the cover you know i don't cover art i think we're still working on that we're working through that to make that a better experience for you so there you go um 
I can't uh, help but talk about Chicago TARDIS 2023, which is set for next November Thanksgiving weekend. So get your calendar marked already and get your travel plans and get your hotels booked and let's let's do this. The best convention in the Midwest. Uh, for more information, of course, go to chicagotardis.com. Sign up for those email alerts so they'll let you know the first guest announcements or when the hotel blocks will be open. Um, first guest announcements are coming soon. We should have one of those by the next episode of this podcast. We should have the first one to do. Um, and I'm just guessing here, but I bet Fraser Hines will be there because he's at every convention. Anyway, let's. Uh, you don't want to miss this one. This is the 60th anniversary, and it's going to prove to have some heavy guests. Um, I'm thinking multiple doctors this year, which would be great. So, you know, check that out. Uh, what's going on with me? Well, um, let me just see here. I am uh, I am a speaker and, and have been uh, a guest at conventions, which is very nice. I really enjoy being a part of that. Um, I am confirmed uh, to be returning. I'm returning to Consinity 2023. That's uh, Saturday, April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Dirks Hall at the Milwaukee School of Engineering University. Uh, I will also be appearing uh, in 2024. Um, I will. I am tentatively confirmed as a guest at the Twin Cities Console Room. I'll be presenting, uh, let's see, it looks like I'll be doing a virtual session on Doctor Who games at Oricon 23. That's the convention in Oregon. And I have, am a definite confirmed guest at Doktoberfest 2023 in Indianapolis. That's at a new location. Um, and the traveling Doctor Who Collectors Museum will be there. Of course, while you're at Doktoberfest, take the free shuttle over to Who North America and check out their um, museum. It's pretty impressive. I got a private tour of that last year. And, of course, I will be back at Chicago TARDIS. I speak at many um, panels there. I've, I did uh, Howard De Silva last year. That was an interesting talk uh, with, with uh, my friend Stephen Warren Hill. We talked about viewing experiences here in Chicago, Illinois. You know, we watched Doctor Who. I got to see the Max Headroom thing as it happened. You know, if you don't know what that is, go on YouTube. The whole thing's there. So there you go. Uh, stay tuned for more uh, information on what's going on. I'm also going to be part of a fan documentary for the 60th anniversary. I was asked to do some video clips for that, including clips of the collection in the Who Room. Um, and uh, that'll be forthcoming as well. I'll get you more information on that soon. What's new to the collection? Well, um, my Dalek play suit now has a gun to go with the plunger. So now all I need is the eye stock and I'll have the complete thing. So if you know of anybody out there selling a Berwick Dalek play suit eye stock, it's like a little piece of, of dowel with a ping pong ball painted, I think, that came with it. Uh, let me know. I mean, I'm going to keep looking for that. Um, I found in a box uh, my original Spirit of Light TARDIS key. I've been looking for that for a long time. Uh, Got to take some, uh, get some tarnish removed from it, but it'll be good as new. Um, those were made here in Chicago. So there you go. Um, I also got, uh, this was a, a kind of an impulse there, but I got a copy of Doctor Who and the Sea Devils in hardcover that actually belonged to John Nathan Turner from his private library. I've got a letter confirming that. So there you go. Uh, that's all for now, so stay tuned for more updates. Uh, again, uh, call for proof of life. Um, the collector's world has been shaken up by a rumor of a third printing of Doctor Who and the Space War in hardcover with Dust Jacket. Um, I have no evidence to at all prove that it was published, except that somebody said, I think I had it once, but I got rid of it. Well, somebody also had 10th Planet once, and 
didn't really have it at all. So I can't take somebody's word for it. And no matter how good that person's word is, I, I mean, it might be true, but I need to see that title page to, to verify it so I can tell my listeners, hey, there's a third printing. Um, the rumor says that it was done in 78, but I have the record that the second printing was released in 79. And it was the last of the Wingate um, titles being reprinted, and there's no evidence of any other Wingate titles getting a third reprint. The only one that I can prove is Loch Ness Monster, because I have one. So if you have a star, uh, Space War on your shelf in hardcover, do me a favor, carefully take it out of its bag, open up carefully to that title page and see if it says third impression. Um, if we can get a photo of that page, we will give you all the credit. Just send that to Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. We will definitely mention you as a, as a source. Um, I've checked all three copies of mine. I have two first printings and a second printing. So there you go. I'll be investigating all claims, of course. Um, and that's what we do. I love talking with collectors, speaking of which. So if you want to share your story here and be a guest host on the program and uh, talk about your collection, contact me for details here, Dr. Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. In other news, I have some sad news here that um, Kelly's Books in the UK is closing forever. That was my um, my link for collecting Radio Times back issues, including some Doctor Who listing issues. Um, she is retiring, so the magazine part of the business is closing for good. Um, I made an attempt to contact them, but they're their gateways are already closing. The payment gateway doesn't work. Um, but um, I want to thank, you know, sorry to see her go, but I really want to thank her for time, uh, her, her, you know, business and all that. So now it's probably on to other locations for those copies of Radio Times. So uh, I'll let you know if I find a few more sources, I will post those on my website as well as talk about it here. On today's show, I will be talking with author John Walsh about his new book, Doctor Who and the Daleks, the official book of the films. I've got a copy here, um, and it's it's a wonderful coffee table book in full cover. I love the vinyl cover. Um, it's It matches the original VHS tape and the poster and things like that. It's really nice. Um, the book was done in cooperation with the company that owns the rights to the films. So there is information here that is pretty good. Now, I've already, um, you know, as far as the, this inter the interview was already done before I recorded this introduction, uh, there, since uh, that um, book has come out, there have been also some negative reviews. Um, I try to keep balance here as much as possible, but uh, there are claims of, 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 of information that's not right or whatnot, but that happens in the world of Doctor Who, I'm afraid. People get... Uh, especially if they attach it to a very substantiated rumor or they've got somebody who worked at the film company and said, no, this is what happened. You know, it's hard to say. And like I said, a lot of it is hearsay. And um, I know John's work is fully documented and the book is a wonderful book. If you don't have it in your collection, another printing just happened. Uh, so they are in stock. Um and that'll be coming up there. And future episodes, uh, of course, I've got a lot going on, so stay tuned for that. Um, by the way, Feedspot has us ranked number 23 of the top 90 Doctor Who podcasts. Thank you very much for your support. I want to thank our patrons as well. If you'd like to see the exclusive video interviews that I do, because all my videos are recorded for the most part, including the interview today with John Walsh and all the 
uh, things that we show there. Uh, go to our Patreon page and subscribe at the $15 level. And that's at patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, all one word. If you would like to support us at Podbean, we are a Podbean podcast, uh, just go to doctorwhocollectors.podbean.com and become a patron at any level you feel comfortable with. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by Fraser Hines. You can hear this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and wherever you get yours. We are a Direction Point Network podcast, directionpoint.org. Coming up, we've got the main story and, of course, the most outrageous offer. So we'll be right back after a word from these other wonderful Direction Point podcasts. Stay tuned. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrace Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spinoff materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. My latest invention. What, a police box? Of course not. This is TARDIS. TARDIS? It stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Oh, go inside. Go on. Yeah?
Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. That is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. And now it's time for our main story. The Doctor Who Peter Cushing films have been part of the Doctor Who collecting world and the media world since they appeared on the big screens in the UK and the US more than 50 years ago. Sadly, the United States response was not as great as the response in the UK. However, in the UK, Dalek mania was sweeping across the nation with great excitement, lots of marketing opportunities, kids pretending to be Daleks, and the whole thing just kind of spiraled, making Doctor Who itself a big success. The latest book to hit the shelves is Doctor Who and the Daleks, the official story of the films. And joining me is the author, John Walsh. John, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Larry. Great to be here. And uh, fabulous to see your amazing Doctor Who room there. Thank you. And my eyes are <laughs> darting around like the Arthur Dodger thinking, what will I have if I had five minutes in that room and I see some talking Daleks to the left? Yes, yes. I've got uh, two two Palatoy docking Daleks. Uh, nice. I've got uh, I've got a I've got a gold Dalek from Day of the Daleks, one of the busts. Of course, I've got the uh, the film poster is on canvas. That was uh, wow. done for me. Uh, and uh, some of the uh, some of the things that uh, one of the things your book really really reminded me of was I have the original VHS release uh, that came out Very in the nice. United States. This I got from a video store that was going out of business. And while I was there, uh, he also gave me and I'll, I'll see if I can show this up to the camera here. This is uh, let's see where is it here? Ah, yes. It's kind of bulky, but I've got it in a book here. But this particular poster. Ooh, that is very nice. Yes, he it's was. It's my HBO promo poster. Yes. Very nice. He had it on the wall, and I said, what are you going to do with that? And he said, oh, I'm just going to toss it. And I said, well, could I have it? He said, sure. So I, I got it off the wall, and it's been in my possession since 1983. So <laughs> it's it's just a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Uh, your um your book just for the fact that i believe it is sold out in the first it is. print it <laughs> is sold out it's sold out what happened was it was announced in march 2022 and it was it was available to pre-order in various online purchases like amazon and others and and they sold out then and it was quite a, a secret amongst the publisher and ourselves that we sold out <laughs> so they went and printed more and that's why the release date was slightly later it should have been i think october and it became late november um but then on day one in december when it finally hits for for people to to, to buy it it sold out in the uk day one Apparently in the first minute, um, I don't know how these things work, but of all my other books, it's the one that sold the fastest um, so far. So that's um, it's quite satisfying, I suppose. Well, well, you hit a market that is extremely uh, aware and ready to grab, and many people have grabbed multiple copies of these books. I mean, I, I for one, I order two whenever something comes out, but I got one and the other one I didn't get because uh, I guess they fulfilled all the orders and then they went and told me, sorry, it's on uh, back order. But I do have uh, my copy my right here. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have it. I love the, uh, uh, I would say I love the size of the book. I love the embossed cover. Uh, it reminds me of some of David J. Howe's publications uh, that he does when he puts out these really fancy books with ribbons and, and uh covers in that so i think it's a really wonderful book did, did you have a say in the in the design and the that or is yes. that all oh good yeah good. no i i am um, i am um, i work really closely with the publisher and uh, with the design team so i always anytime i make these special film books and i should say by the way uh, uh, uh david howe helped me 
with this book. So lots of the fans and, and wonderful people like David have been great contributors. Um, I always have a, have a thought to the cover. The first day I, I start a new book, I'm like, I want it to be this cover. And so from my other sort of classic film books, I've always wanted it to be the original cinema poster. And, and sometimes it's not always available or it's not good enough quality. But this one, I have a big love of the, the artwork here by Tom Chantrell, who created one right. of the first Star Wars posters. And as you say, you're a fan of that yourself. So it works ideally. And no one else thought to use it when the film was reissued there on, on Blu-ray 10 years ago and then on 4K last year. Thankfully, none of the uh, rights holders thought, oh, we'll use that picture. So yeah, um, the, I was uh... quite relieved. Yeah, the, they use a different artwork here on the uh, on the on the Blu-rays, and that's, this was kind of nice too that the, these came out uh, just recently. And uh, your your book seems to have triggered a resurgence of interest uh, in the Doctor Who world of the Peter Cushing movies. Uh, and there's always been uh, a big following of that. Lots of of groups and discussion groups, Facebook groups, all dedicated to Peter Cushing is the true doctor kind of thing. And so your book kind of opened up that world again, where do where Dalek collectibles are now back on the market. They're a little bit more expensive now, including the fact that your book is now selling on eBay for almost 60 bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> people have already pushed, put your books up there for uh, for for sale. So it's 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 coming to that point. Um, and just uh, when I went through the first thing I did, of course, I went through the entire book and I loved just opening it up and seeing the drawings of the dimensions and and all the all the information. I mean, this book is probably the best gathering of information about these films that I've ever seen. And I've read a few books about the films. In fact, you credit some of those books in your um, in your bibliography. Uh, yes. And um, and of course, I, I did go through the I looked at the list of contributors and it was good to see some of my friends in there like David Howe and Colin Young, um, wonderful people that um, and I thought, you know, with with a project of, of especially with films that were 57 years old, it's got to be difficult to find things. So how how easy was it to do the research or how difficult was it to do the research? Well, sort of going back to all of my other books, they're, they're very image reliant. So when it was Harry House and the Lost Movies, then Flash Gordon and an Escape from New York. And, and as you rightly say, Larry, you know, if you're fans of these films, you will have seen these photos before. Mm -hmm. So to, to some extent, you want to present what people know. But I always, um, because I'm a, a bit of a Doctor Who fanboy, I know if it's an unpublished picture because I, I know if I've seen it before. And so those pictures were great to find. Um, Studio Canal had had many of those, and and also the other thing Studio Canal had, who are now the rights holder for these films, is um, very high quality images. So lots of the ones that have been passed around publications over the years are are, are average quality, but mm. these ones they've had a if you like a 4K upscale because if you think you've seen this picture before, look again because the detail you can see the the threads on the actors and garments and so on and and also you can see them in a larger frame size so they haven't been cropped down and down and down and reduped. So where possible there's a shots I think of the Daleks exploding the um, the shed in the second film yes and the, yes. the picture was shot on what's called medium format, which is what um, old school photographers would have used to have um, photograph um, weddings sort of in the post-war weddings in the 40s and 50s and so on and that's a very large format it's about two and a half times the frame size of 35 millimeter and it's square but also yes. when pictures yeah when pictures would go to newspapers they'd be cropped mm -hmm. and they'd be duped down onto paper and they'd be in a slight sort of academy ratio 
So what I'm eventually getting around to saying here is that when you show the full image uncropped, you can see the cables and sometimes the lighting from the studio. And that picture that's in the book and, and many of the others have been shown completely uncropped in an open gate format. So you can see things that you won't have seen before. And other people might say, well, I'm not interested in seeing the cables um, that have been left by the lighting <laughs> department. I am. I yeah. want to see that. So, well, that you know, there. I think that's that's an important part of it too, because you know it is you know with the uh, the magic of 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 what they do on the screen. Of course, there are those things, and um, and just recently, actually, one of my re recent interviews was with uh, the great Peter Purvis, uh, who um, was his first story was a Dalek story, and he had a lot of opinions about working with Daleks. He said it was completely horrible because they took up all the studio space because you know you're talking about maybe a five foot space between the camera and where you are and the dalek took three feet of that so you had to allow for this thing to, he said it was very difficult to do but it's nice to see on the big screen of course there's large lots there's large scale things and um and of course the um you know peter cushing himself uh and i've i've heard interviews with peter cushing he he plays this part as he plays uh many parts including sherlock holmes and von helsing uh but had no interest in being the tv doctor when he came down to it he said he just didn't care he didn't follow the show but i thought he was brilliant in these films i thought he's actually the perfect character he's the perfect actor um was there a lot of information about peter cushing that you could uh, pull out just for these two films that he did or was it just you know yes there was i mean in, okay. and, and in answer to the peter cushing doctor who television question mm -hmm. he was asked later on i mean there is some evidence yes. um that he was he's asked to be in one of this series in in the late 70s early 80s as a non-doctor who character and he was sounded out as being a possible doctor himself and uh, in my conversations with um, Stephen Moffat, who was the controller or the show's um, showrunner um, there for Matt Smith and, uh, and Peter Capaldi, he did try to get um, Peter Cushing involved in the uh, um, 60th, 50th anniversary Doctor Who mini-movie uh, mm. that was created, where all the Doctors came together and we saw a, a sneak preview of uh, Peter Capaldi's eyes. And we, we see all of the previous Doctors, and some of them have been uh, recreated using CGI. And I know um, Steve Moffat wanted to include Peter Cushing in that, but... Um, that ultimately didn't happen um, because mm. there was a rights issue between the owners of Doctor Who, the television series, which is the BBC, and these films, which is entirely owned by Studio Canal. Mm. And 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 I, I won't say there was a tension between both companies, but there was a difference of opinion between both companies, which meant a book in the past could not happen. And that difference um, was... Uh, was um, was changed during the last couple of years so this book could happen and um, oh, so um we you know this is not a bbc licensed product right so as right. a result it's not official doctor who it's not official doctor who because it isn't you know it's no. officially about these films but as you'll see the way the way doctor who is spelt it's even spelt differently it's the abbreviated mm -hmm. doctor dr dot who um and of course he refers to himself as doctor and who as a surname you know like dr right. smith hello i'm doctor who right um so there are all those kind of um, narrative differences. But in terms of the legal ownership of the films, Studio Canal is entitled to release them in film formats. So whether it's on disc or on tape um, or as a streaming service or in cinemas and so on. But to create products from them, such as movie Dalek toys and other things, that's been problematic over the years. And there have been a limited amount of toys. 
But to do a book like this, uh, Tyson Books, who do work with the BBC and, and produce um, through Tyson Comics, Doctor Who official um, comics and, and whatnot, they felt that they needed to have the BBC on board. I was keen to have the BBC on board for my own reasons, because I wanted to have Peter Cushing on the same page as William Hartnell. And although this has been done in um, BBC licensed products like Doctor Who magazine, it's never been allowed outside of that. So we had to have a sit down and ask, and the BBC were keen to know in what context would William Hartnell, the first Doctor, appear, what pictures we're going to use. There I'm we go. You hold, got them. I'm just going to hold that up so the viewers can see what he was talking about, the picture of Peter Cushing with William Hartnell on the same page. Yeah, I, th I, saw, I saw that too, and I thought that's probably the first time I've ever seen that juxtaposition there. Um, you know, with the way, and especially these two, and a color, a nice colorized photo of William Hartnell, uh, and and of course the way Peter Cushing's costume was designed, it's very similar, not exactly the same, but it's very close to that um, to that idea. And I I also you know because uh, when I when I first opened the book and I I turned to the page with with some of the toys and I was like, oh, this is great because. I do have some of these. Um, you know, I have I have a I have a movie Dalek here. Very uh, nice. This this one's still sealed. I have another one that I inflate and take to conventions. He's a lot of fun. Um, you um, mention the Dodge the Daleks game. Not many of these exist, but Ooh. I do have one. Uh, it uh, it's uh, it's in really nice shape. But it actually they they, they took this uh, game from the Dalek book that came out in 1964. It was uh, that's. Um, this one here, of course, the Dalek book. They did a, a lot of, uh, you know, you also, you have this one in your book too, the paint and draw the film. I love that. That's fabulous. It, it's a great one. Uh, the uh, Dalek pocket book and space guide, which is in there as well. I, 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 I have had, I've got several of these too. These were, um, these were floating around the United States back in the eighties. And uh, there was a couple dealers that had these and they had a $20 price tag on them. So I picked up a few now, now it's 200 or more for a copy of that. A uh, couple other things I, I found, I don't know if you found these, I have uh, the camp, the campaign books. Yes. Um, yeah. these, these are wonderful. And these opened the door to me to tell me that there were things that were possible, uh, like full cardboard cutouts and things that I don't know if they actually were actually existed or theaters had them and threw them away. But I have never seen them. Um, they're, they're in the book. So you can find it yes. as part of the second film for the promotional with the cereal from the Quaker Company for Sugar Puffs. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw those in the book. Uh, and of course, other, uh, you know, the, the novelization was very successful. It's one of the mm. best written novelizations in Doctor Who. Whenever uh, people review Target books or Doctor Who books, David Whitaker's Doctor Who and the Daleks is the gold standard for novelizations. And uh, of course, the, uh, the pink dust jacket uh, one was great. They even did it in Dutch. Oh, wow. That's the Dutch hardcover from 64. So they, they have... Uh, that and if, and um, you may I don't know I don't know if this was I forgot to know if this was I think this was in the book as well. Um, this is the American uh, publication of Doctor Who and the Daleks that came out after the movies premiered here, and it didn't sell right. at all. Oh. <laughs> it was a it was it was kind of a you know people had it out it didn't sell it ended up in the used book bin and so these are floating all over the United States. Of course, the cover is uh, Go Go Girls and some toy Daleks, so it's it's quite. Um, but the, the marketing was, was something else. Uh, 
I, I'm not sure if you're aware of these. These these kind of floated around the underground, but these uh, these are um, the Smithy Doctor Who and the Daleks based on the AARU movie. Oh, right. No, I've not seen those, no. Yeah, these are, uh, this is what's called a target for Tommy. Uh, the This was a charity that raised money. Uh, Tommy was a big Doctor Who fan in the UK, and he passed away of a rare disease. And so uh, people got together and wrote uh, several of these, what we call the Peter Cushing world of books. There's eight total, uh, including uh, Doctor Who Invades the Moon Base, Doctor Who and the Icemen from Mars, and things like that, just to, to raise money for that. These are not licensed, but they kind of turned away a blind eye because it was a charity. And they did one for Dalek Invasion Earth 2150 AD as well. So these are actual novelizations of the films. So Yeah, for, for we, with the difficult we have with these books, and I'm having at the moment with the new book I'm doing, is having anything that's kind of fan-related put into right. a book kind of um, gives it official license um, status. And, and licensors sometimes become nervous about that. They're like, ooh. Um, so we certainly wouldn't be able to put anything like that in the book. But even when it no. came to including the toys and the merchandise, it's a it's, it's a slight blur as to which Daleks are from TV and which are from film, because the later ones we have are clearly the film ones. And there you go, you've got those. Yeah. I've got these um, too, these these were nice. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine uh, in down not too far from me has a couple of the large uh, Dalek movie radio control Daleks. I have those, uh, yeah. The movies, mm. and um, I, do, I do have a Dalek pencil from 1964. Wow. This so that the, would be a TV yeah. um, merch. So this is TV. We, we tried to create, we, we tried to only include merch that would cover 65 to 66, but very little of it was movie specific merch. It was kind of general Dalek merch, there was Dalek the, Mania merch. Yeah, this was the uh, Dalek Mania limited edition uh, for the movie. Uh, has a VHS tape with a little documentary and some posters. And I, I'm not sure if you saw this one. Yes, I've seen that okay, one. That's good. fabulous. That's yeah. really nice. They're they're really great. The um the whole idea of you know and of course uh, it's 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 also inspired you know that this this came out not long ago uh, to yes. the the illustrated uh, Doctor Dogs kind of re reprinting that David Whitaker story with better with new artwork and a new mm. binding and even putting the Target logo on it, which makes it real iconic. And that's uh, a lot of the Dalek, you know, I, of course, I still got a, a Raleigh Kins movie Dalek here, too, as well. <laughs> Those yeah. are so much fun. And, you know, like I said, I, I could spend, I, I could spend, hours, in fact, I've done it. I've spent hours presenting merchandise because I've got thousands of items in the, in the, uh, but I love seeing, uh, I love opening the, the book here. I, I also have a Dalek Berwick play suit. Um, I don't have, uh, the only thing I'm missing, though, is I'm missing the gun and the eye stock. I've got a plunger, but it's in the original box. With wow. the um, Berwick on there, so it's uh, those those were a lot of fun. Uh, Dalek voice changer helmets and things like that. There were so, so many. I mean, as far as the movie and the and the TV series, they they went. Um, they kind of it kind of uh, paralleled uh, when the Beatles landed and they put the Beatles on everything, and they did the same thing with Daleks. You know, there was Dalek bubble bath. There was Dalek, you know, Dalek games. Dalek, you know, Dalek blaster guns and things like that. It was just um, um, an amazing thing that after after the um after the almost failed uh consequence of doctor who and the unearthly child four episodes the viewers weren't taking it they come back the next week and all of a sudden millions of people are tuning into the show inspiring um these films coming later you know to kind of bring those stories to a wider audience i'm just i'm just uh i was a little disappointed when i 
did uh, you know another research I did when they appeared here in the United States, they just didn't do well at all. Nobody really went to see them. Nobody really knew what it was about. Um, I first saw Doctor Who and the Daleks when I was five years old on TV, and I was just enthralled by it. I thought it was amazing, uh, and. It's still a movie I go to every once in a while to watch. It's on streaming services. I've got the 4K now. I can watch this thing in really good. And there's some great scenes. And uh, one of the things I noticed in here, you've got a lot of these wonderful scenes uh, of the Daleks and, you know, how they, you know, when the truck runs through the Daleks and, <laughs> and knocks a few of them out. And there's just some really wonderful um, things some great behind the scenes of them building one of the Daleks. Uh, that's uh, that's also been an, an inspiration too lately. People are building Daleks and downloading plans and putting the you know building movie Daleks are an especially important thing. So I, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask is did you did you think that when this book came out you would not only inspire the film people that are out this but the entire Doctor Who world kind of embrace this book. Yeah, so I, I, I've been asking to do this book for a few years now with the publisher, and they were unsure if there was a, a big enough market for it. Well. Which is, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know. But in, in the time that I asked them and the time the book came out, the delay might have been a good thing because um, in 2018, I was writing my first book for them. And then 2019, 2020, we were having the discussions. And the Blu-ray box sets for the Doctor Who classic series were starting to to emerge and i know even the bbc were unsure if you could reissue standard definition programs that were upscaled to blu-ray mm. and, and ask the uh, same customers to come back again and buy them and and i know there was a bit of concern amongst um uh fans whether or not there was an interest in that and of course they took off like a rocket and when my book came out there on the 6th of december in the uk coincidentally it was the same day as series two the William Hartnell series, which includes oh, yeah. the long-form television version. And lots of people said to me, oh, is this why you've delayed your book so you can um, make use of the <laughs> publicity? And it genuinely wasn't. It was We were trying to get it out as early as possible before Christmas. And that it was a coincidence that both First Doctors, the first movie Doctor and the first TV Doctor would appear on people's um, doormats and, and mailboxes on the same day. I mean, what are the chances of that? Um, so no, we, we, we're really excited by the reaction to it. A second edition is on its way. Oh, um, good, good, good. But um, so so that's great. So all of my books have so far gone second edition within six months. But this is the first one to go green light second edition within like the first hour of publication. So, um, <laughs> but you know, you always do concern yourself. You know, will there be a market for it? I know in the past people have criticised these films, but mm -hmm. Studio Canal have worked closely with me, and I do with them and with Tyson Books. So we've kind of got a great little operation going where we where we talk about everything. You know, there's nothing off the table. You know, images that we find. The key thing for me, because I was limited by the amount of pages, I would like to have had an even bigger book. Oh, sure, yeah. It was larger with with more pages. I wanted to do two books. Mm. So when we finally agreed this book was going ahead, I said, look, can I do two? And we can put them in a kind of a, 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 a gate, a cardboard gatefold. And they were like, mm, it'd be quite expensive. We'd have to charge over 50 pounds. And if it didn't work and there wasn't a market for it. So I could understand that. But then my frustration came when I had all these wonderful photos and I wanted everything to have a full page. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a handful of pictures in there that I was really keen and insisted on, but not overpoweringly insisted on. But there were some images there that I really felt had to have a full page, even if we cut the text back. So I worked very closely with the layout teams and with my editor, uh, Anil Fortune, so that we 
made sure that the big pictures were really big. And, you know, thinking, what would Milton Sabotsky do? You know, would he, mm, yeah, would he yeah. approve of pictures being recolored? Um, would he approve of behind the scenes shots and so on? So um, I think we got the balance right. I think so, too, because, you know, just even thumbing through the book as I did when I first got this, it's just some of the pictures just pop. You know, they, they come right out and there's a lot of, of really high quality images that, uh, like I said, some of these pictures I have seen before, some of them I have not, but they're all, you know, like there's some full page pictures that are just wonderful. And, and of course, the size of the book really picks that out. And uh, I think and I think now with the with the marketing evidence going back, I don't think anybody would think twice about paying 50 pounds for a larger book. I think uh, especially nowadays when people are dropping hundreds of pounds for old Dalek merchandise. Uh, that's it's it just doesn't seem to be holding back um, the Doctor Who, especially the collecting world. They're they're willing to put out you know whatever money they can to get these items. But I think that book would sell. Uh, but the thing is, Larry, mm -hmm. to you and me, it would sell, and right. we'd be first in the queue, and we buy two copies. That's fine. <laughs> but what Titan would say to me is, "That's fine, John." And Forbidden Planet will have it, and we, we sell it at the usual fan places. But this book's going to be in Barnes and Noble, in Amazon. Every bookshop in the world will have this book and does. So mm -hmm. it needs to appeal to the person who's buying a book on maybe Avatar or Alien or Harry Potter or Jurassic Park or the E.T. True. Um, True. anniversary book. So this book will be in between all of those on the shelf. That's the consumer that they're trying to attract because they've got us. You know, like like right. a zombie, I'm like, I will buy this. How much is it? I don't look at the price. I'm like, just buy it quickly. You know. Yes. Um, so, but it is the others that the others they're thinking of. They're not thinking of us fans who who can be gouged for money. Um, I but guess, so, yeah, no, I agree. That is true. I I, I have the benefit of spent. I, I for five years I was in the publishing industry, and so I, I do know that is absolutely true. You know, it's not just about well, yeah, we'll hit our niche fine, but we need to do better than that. Otherwise, it's not gonna not gonna fly. And there were so many. Um, and 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 in respect to that, there were so many Doctor Who projects that never got off the ground because of that uh, same thing. Where a few they say we'll sell a handful and then we'll lose money. Uh, that was the that was the way of the classic uh, WHL and hardcover editions. They all, you know, they put them out there and they lost a lot of money on those because they were expensive to make and mm. they were they had to price them high and they were, you know, uh, the when those books came out, they were like five pound twenty five, which back then was almost thirty dollars today. And mm. it's like, and it's just a little tiny book. So they, you know, so I I understand what you're saying, and so of course. Of course, this book probably sold well to non-Doctor Who fans as well as Doctor Who fans because of the nature of film. There's a lot of interest in, in film and in what goes into a film. A lot of film students, a lot of film aficionados and people who... Uh, there are people that like these movies who aren't necessarily Doctor Who fans, but they like yes. these films because um, there's something about these films that make them um, you know, something that you want to watch over and over again. There are... Uh, for, for me, uh, and it's nice that some of the actors are still around, you know, like Roberta Tovey and Jill Curzon uh, are still are still doing it. They appear at conventions. They, they do all those things. Sadly, we just lost Bernard Cribbins, but he had a chance to be in the real series, which was really nice. And he'll be in the next mm -hmm. episode that is coming out. Um, the last, uh, let's see, I was just uh, kind of, you know, the last part, uh, you do a whole section on music, which is uh, my background. I'm a music teacher by day job. So um, the the soundtracks, and I have a cop, I have uh, the vinyl edition of the 
of the soundtracks. The music was absolutely uh, amazing. And of course, they don't use any Doctor Who related themes or anything like that with it, but the music itself. So was there a lot of information from the, com is the you know, from the composers or from the studio about the music? Yeah, so the, the difference between if this was, a, say, a fan-made book or, or an unofficial book is that because this is licensed by Studio Canal, I have full access to all of their archive paperwork. Oh, nice. And uh, so that would mean, you know, completion guarantee bonds, uh, daily reports, uh, production reports, correspondence, insurance claims, these sorts of things. So uh, there was information. There was cue sheets as well for, for this, um, music cue sheets. So I, I was able to have a look at all of that. I think the difficulty is when it's this many pages, how much information can you put in? Because it's not Wikipedia, you can't endlessly put in everything you find. It's about the story that people are reading and the journey you want them to be on, bringing the fans in who know the story, but also people who don't know the films but want to find out more and making sure that you kind of bring them through from the front to the end and that they feel that it was a worthwhile purchase. So that balance has always been difficult. So mm -hmm. anytime I do break down the music and any technical aspects, we talk about separate M&E tracks, um, which is separate music and effects and why they're separate and why they're merged as one track in the dub. We, we go into some of that and, and why some of the music no longer exists as solitary tracks and so on, because oh, I'm yeah. fascinated by that. But we have to keep that to a kind of a minimum because you can right. lose people as well. Um, I was going to have a section on the restoration of the film because a technoscope is like a poor man's cinema scope. Right. It takes half the frame size and uh, it compresses it through an anamorphic lens. Um, and the joints on the cut neg were mostly cement joints, which means you destroy mm. the frame before the proceeding and, and, and the other frame to, to, to make your, your joint. And I'm fascinated by that. But um, of course, I don't, I'm not sure how much readers would want to know to that extent, the kind of surgery involved with restoring films in 4K. So it's always that, that balance, isn't it? Especially for a book, you want to make sure that this is, is giving new information and new interviews and showing new things. And although there was a preview of my book as a mini kind of Lilliputian size book inside the 4K sets, um, which the publisher worked with Tyson yes. and the Studio Canal on, we needed to say, look, if you've bought that 4K set, you'll need this as well, because mm -hmm. it's not just a repeat of what's in there. It needs to be, it needs to be more. It needs to be more because why, why else would you buy it? And what you don't want is something which is a big hardback DVD insert booklet that's just been pumped up or pimped up so that you can get uh, $50 out of someone. You know, it has to stand on its own two feet. And and I think we've, we've probably achieved that here. And, and, you know, the music, the posters, all those sections exist separately. So we, we don't deal with them combined, which we could have done. Um, I wanted them to appear as two separate films. And I think... Uh, I think we've achieved that. I think so too. I think the book is well organized. It's it's extremely well written. Uh, I I enjoyed reading Thank it. Thank you. Uh, it's just a, and it's an amazing thing to my to my listeners. Uh, be patient. Uh, the book will be reissued again, and so there will be some more available. Uh, and uh, you know, you certainly can. I, I don't think you're going to go wrong by not having one of these in your library, and definitely read it cover to cover. There are so many wonderful uh, images. There's so many great um, descriptions, and just the. 
the whole, you know, you it'll make you want to watch the films again, and this time with a new eye. So um, my uh, my guest is John Walsh, who's joining us uh, today uh, from uh, where are you where are you speaking from today? Is it London or? Yes, I'm in London. I'm in the London. Royal Borough of Greenwich. Oh, London. very good. So, so right, I'm, I'm next to Greenwich Park. So you're right on the on the time zone there. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I can see the observatory from my office window. So where I am now, I can see the observatory. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, John, for being with us today. Uh, listeners, uh, stay tuned for the most outrageous offer. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our Doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong Doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. The vervoids are probably the best dirty joke in Doctor Who. They're hermaphroditic plants. A lot of plants are. So there you Isn't go. That's it's based on science. No, they'll ship anything. There are probably eleven and handle shippers out there. You just have to drill a hole where his mouth is, and you're all set. You know yeah. he needs the room. I've seen it in pictures. I'm not saying you're not a fan. I'm saying you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Doctor Who gives a fuck. A drunken Doctor Who podcast for the end times. My travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power mad conspirators, Daleks, Omtarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. The most outrageous offer is one of the most popular segments on the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Um, normally, we talk about an item that is priced 
way out of range where it should be and usually quite ridiculous from what you could actually get it for if you're looking for that. In this case, uh, I've got an item here that is actually an item that came with Doctor Who magazine. And it's being sold separately as a rare, um, it says here, a rare find is the companion to Doctor Who magazine issue 561 not included. Um, very slight indent from opening from the cover. So this is the Doctor Who in the Library of Time, written by James Goss, Eric Sayward, Gary Russell. It's the little Target book that came with the Doctor Who magazine, the new and exclusive Target book plus wall chart issue of Doctor Who magazine 561. Uh, this was uh, sent to us anonymously. And um, it is actually from, uh, let me see here, our bookmark from Youngtown, Arizona. So might be a real store, might not be, has a five-star rating, has been online since 2016. This is from Abe Books. So Doctor Who in the Library of Time, um, which is the little book that came with the magazine and the thing. And they're asking, let's see, first of all, shipping $4.25 within the United States. Uh, but they're asking for a price of $1,000.01 for that book. Ah. It's things like these that, that really kind of make your head scratch and go, who's going to pay that? Um, not you, I hope. I hope you've, you've listened to this long enough to know that these segments are meant to help collectors keep their money. <laughs> so um, I did a little digging here. Um, issue 561 of Doctor Magazine, not very rare. Um, I found a copy on eBay for roughly $20.41. I found a copy from Who North America for $19.99. Also, DoctorWhoStore.com, Alien Entertainment, our good friends there, have this magazine in stock for $19.99. The consensus is about $20. And that, and you also get the magazine that goes with it. Um, it just, I, I, either this is a seller that's completely uninformed, or, uh, again, a robot store that doesn't really have the book in stock and can get it from any one of these places and hopefully you'll you'll be misled into thinking it's a rare book his his giveaway here though was it uh the, he actually tells you about the magazine so i thought hmm interesting i have a copy of this uh, magazine in my collection with the book still in the uh um, still sealed together actually i should get a second copy so i can open it up um but um that's that's crazy it just says it's in good condition um I just I don't I don't understand uh, the price here. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I will have a link to this outrageous offer along with many other places you can buy this book from, including our good friends at DoctorWhoStore.com. It's in the name. Don't forget to send them a uh, an inquiry as well. Um, if you're in the Chicago area, I would visit their store, uh, two store locations, Lombard and in Logan Square, uh, and they probably have that in stock. Uh, I believe uh, that's as just sometimes these really scratch my head. I mean, the million dollar calendar I knew was kind of a joke uh, back when that came out. Um, and the $2,600 Planet of the Daleks, you know, actually did sell for that. So I'm still scratching my head there. Um, and that actually has improved a little bit. I got some information from some of my friends in Australia that X library copies were selling closer to 200 pounds now uh, and not the $1,000 pound that we thought it was going to be. So that's good. 
That's good for that book because there's a few of those books floating around. Uh, anyway, that's the most outrageous offer. If you find a Doctor Who item or Doctor Who related item out there that seems a bit too high priced or weak out of control, uh, shoot us a link at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com and we will investigate uh you know uh, and figure out what's what here and see if we can get it somewhere else my guess is you probably can there's very few items that uh you know and some items don't make the uh outrageous offer because you can't find it anywhere else so that's uh that's a seller kind of taking advantage of the fact that they're the only ones with that item and they can kind of name the price um if another one pops up that usually triggers um a price adjustment you know if somebody's got something out there for 800 bucks and somebody else puts it out for like 20 that usually says oh maybe i'll lower the price so not always but that sometimes happens there um anyway well that wraps up the doctor who collectors podcast for this 61st episode uh, i want to thank my uh, wonderful guest uh author john walsh giving us a new insight into the peter cushing movies i want to take a moment here to talk about um the the peter cushing films i first saw doctor who and the daleks when i was six years old um, it aired in Chicago on WFLD-TV on a Saturday afternoon, and I remember because I was already watching Doctor Who at the time uh, on TV that that was something I really wanted to see. Uh, and then, of course, we also saw the uh, Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD as well. Peter Cushing nailed it on screen. I thought it was really good. I, I loved the films. I think they're very important to Doctor Who. Um, I realized that, uh, you know, learning, you know, and in the interview, learning that even uh, in um, when they were trying to get all those doctors in the, you know, that 50th anniversary episode, they really wanted a clip of Peter Cushing and the film company said, no, not doing it. Because BBC does not own the rights to this film. The film company uh, that uh, you know that owns it is keeping it well, uh, keeping it close together. So anyway, I want to thank John Walsh for being on the program. Uh, what's coming up next on our on our ever increasing quest to 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 give you the best uh, podcast we can? Um, I've got uh, an amazing. Uh, interview coming up on the next episode episode 62 uh we talk with tim trailer he's the voice of the third doctor in the big finish uh, world and uh does an amazing john pertwee voice and i had a great conversation with him what a great guy i met him at chicago tardis we hit it off pretty well and we're still pretty good friends uh, even after the interview so um i can't wait to to do that and uh, and of course stay tuned down the road here uh i have a really wonderful conversation with tom Tasha Achilleos, the widow of the late Chris Achilleos, the great artist um, from Doctor Who. So anyway, that's the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Doctor Who Podcast Network.